Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Let's look at Exodus 3. We're going to read the first six verses. Today I'm going to continue my series entitled The U Code. And I'd like to subtitle today's message, Your Turn Will Come. Everybody say, Your Turn Will Come. Exodus 3, 1 through 6. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. So this is the second installment of the U-Code. And again, the title is, Your Turn Will Come. Let's say a prayer. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the thought you placed in my heart. I pray, God, I could speak it, communicate it, Lord, the way I felt it. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe God has called and equipped you to do something that only you can do. And that not one of the experiences that you have faced in your life has been wasted. God has worked in and through all of them to get you right where you are today. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Last week we looked at how Moses was born to brave parents, Amram and Jochebed. And all that they had done for him, they put him in that little boat and sent him down the Nile River to protect him from the madness of Pharaoh. And he was found by Pharaoh's daughter, nursed by his own mother, raised in Pharaoh's court, and for 40 years he lived as a prince of Egypt. And God worked all of those experiences together for the good of Moses, because he was called for a purpose. Each of these unique experiences contributed to the whole of who he was and what he was called to do. He had a U-code, customized spiritual software, programming, spiritual DNA that God had placed in him. He was called and equipped for a purpose. His very name means drawn out of the water. And it not only applied to the princes drawing him out of the water, it applied to his destiny. For he was born to draw others out of the water water as well. Now I've come to remind you 
that you also have a U-code. God's programmed you. He's designed you to be who you are and to do what only you can do. And what you've gone through, your own life experiences, have not been a waste of time either. They've served to help you get right where you are today. They've served to be part of that U-code inside of you. And, and I don't thank God for all that I've been through. But I've learned that in everything, I can still give thanks to God, knowing that He is working all things together for the good of those who are the called. Now, we're going to look at Moses a little deeper today and hopefully glean some further insight into how he fulfilled his destiny so we can best know how to fulfill our own. So, I'm just telling you, I want to walk in my U-code. I want to find my purpose and walk in my purpose. When I get on the other side, I want him to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. How about you? Now, the first thing I want to point out is that there's a process, and I'll talk about it throughout the rest of this message. And the first point is this, you've got to commit to the process. Everybody say commit to the process. There were 40 long years between the time Moses first felt the call until the time where he was actually walking in the call and fulfilling the call. Think about that. 40 years. Let's do the math. The Bible says Moses lived for 120 years. And so he spent one-third of his life living between who he had been and who he would be. In the process. I don't think you have to spend one third of your life in process. I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. But I can guarantee you this. If you're ever going to be used by God, you will spend some time in the process. Getting an education. And just like Moses, often it's our mistakes that pay the tuition for us to enroll in the university of obscurity. Right? Where we're taken to school and nobody's watching. We're no in, in no spotlight. We're just in the process. Can I get an amen? You know what it's like to be in the process. On the backside of the desert. It says he took the sheep to the backside of the desert. That's where that saying comes from. The backside of the desert. Now let's get a little more specific about what happens in the process. Brings me to my second point. Not only... Do you have to commit to the process? You've got to trust the process. In the process, you're learning, listen, who you are not. The old you and who you are, the new you. you you're going to start learning who you're not, that, that old you. And you're going to start learning who you really are, the new you. But in the process... You're not the old, and you're still not the new. It's an in-the-meantime situation. You're in the process. You're in between. When you're in the process, you're losing your old self and finding your new self. It's, it's that awkward stage. You know, we talk about the tweens. You know, when your kid goes from that cute kid but they're not like that good-looking teenager kid. They're that other kid. I need to be careful, right? Let me just talk about me. I was that tween, okay? I was that guy. And so as a kid, I got these pictures. My mom and dad were so proud. Like, look how 
adorable. I told you when I was born, they all gathered around and said, what a beautiful child this is. All the doctors and nurses were amazed, man. They're just like, this is the most beautiful kid in Shepherd Hospital. And I grew up toddling. Man, my parents were like so proud of me. I was so good looking. Just had, had this feathery, beautiful hair, perfect skin. And, and then something happened. And before I became the good-looking teenage guy, I was this other kid that looked like he came from another planet. I wore glasses that were as thick as this pulpit right here. I, I had braces, and my teeth were going every which away, as my grandma would say. Every which away, you know, they were everywhere. And, and, and I tried to wear contacts, and they, they were as thick as that pulpit, too. It hurt my eyes. My eyes were always watering. And I looked like when the Hulk was changing from Bruce Banner into the Incredible Hulk. They were like super green eyes and, and red to boot. So it was Christmassy, horror movie-like. That's who I was. And my skin went from beautiful to I needed Accutane, right? And, and my hair got all crazy. And, and, and I was, uh, you know, 90 pounds and... And just, it was just, it was, I was in that in-between time. That's what it's like to be in the process. To be in the process. Moses was not a prince like he had been. But he was not the deliverer either like he would be. He was in between. He was in the process. He was losing his old self. Finding his new self. Jesus said, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You've got to lose that old identity to find that new one. The process is like a cocoon. I think I've got a video that you can watch this 30-second time lapse. It just There's no sound to it. Just put it up there, and I'll talk through it. It's just a process. It's like where that caterpillar, right, the, the fuzzy caterpillar, like, goes crazy. He gets on that little limb, and, and he starts, like, uh, shaking and quivering and doing weird things and, like, going all over the place. And he starts building this habitation around himself, this cocoon, a, a, as it were, right? This, this cocoon. And I don't know if it'll get up there or not. But the thing is this, that, that, that process is what takes that caterpillar from being a caterpillar into being a butterfly, but it's neither a caterpillar nor a butterfly when it's just sitting in that limb, on that limb in, the, in that cocoon. It's in the process of being transformed. The process is where you're transformed into who God has called you to be. It's where the U-code is being released and it's changing you and transforming you from the inside out. In Galatians 1.16, we see where the great apostle Paul, I mean, the great Apostle Paul spent three years in Arabia before he ever was fulfilling his destiny. He was in the process of unlearning what it meant to be the old Saul and learning and growing in the process. I'm, I'm not the Saul, the Pharisee. I'm becoming Paul, the Apostle. But he was neither in Arabia. He was in the process of becoming no wonder he said in Philippians 3.14, forgetting those things which are behind, I press towards the mark of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. Paul died somewhere around the age of 60. So Paul spent one-thirtieth of his life in the process. But if you count only after his conversion, which was around the age of 30, 
he spent about 10% of his life after meeting Jesus in the process, preparing to do what God had called him to do. David was anointed by Samuel to be king of Israel at around 15 years of age. He wasn't anointed by the people until he was 30. And he died at 70. David spent 15 years of his life. In other words, David spent over 20% of his life in the process. David was no longer a shepherd boy, but he was not the king yet. He was in that in-between time. You are not where you used to be. And, and, And some of you in this house today, you're not where you used to be. And maybe you're not quite where God's called you to be yet. That's okay. I want to encourage you today. You're in the process. When you're in the process, you're letting go of who you used to be. You're letting go of that old you. You don't have to be trapped by who you were. God has liberated from you that. He, he's, from that. He's created you to be something different, and you're in the process of grabbing a hold of it. You're not defined by your past, by the old you. You are now defined by the call of God that's resident on the inside of you. There's a you code on the inside of you. You don't see everything I am yet, but you hear me. I am becoming something that he's called me to be. Amen? Come on, give him some praise right now. So, you need to commit to the process. Trust the process. And the third thing you need to do is to not quit in the process. It it takes time. You know, the New Testament talks about discipleship. You know, church has a tendency to want to microwave Christians. Like, we need you to repent, get baptized, get the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, flow in all nine spiritual gifts. We want to see all nine of the fruit of the Spirit functioning in your life I need you to clean up. I need you to spit white. I, I need you to quit dipping, quit smoking, quit chewing, quit quit doing all that. I need you. I need. I need you to immediately go from I, I converted to over here. I, I'm preaching the gospel on the street corner with confidence and power. Right? It takes time. It's a process. Who are we kidding, y'all? It takes time. God's still working on me. If he's still working on me, I call myself not just a pastor, a lead pastor. That's special, right? I'm not a pastor. I'm a lead. It says it on my card, y'all. I got, I'm a lead pastor. I've told you, Our Lady of the Late gave, gave me a card that said I can walk in any room except the OR. And I, I love to swipe that card, man. I'm like, people looking at me. Who are you? Oh, never mind. You know. What I could tell him is, I am a lead pastor. The thing is, I'm still in process. So are you. We're all still in process. It takes time. It takes time. Be patient with me. I'll be patient with you. How about that? And you can tell your loved ones and your brothers and sisters and those you're trying to bring to Christ, we'll be patient with you in that house. There's mercy in that house. We're going to give God space and grace and time to develop you. It takes time. The process takes time. Everybody say time. The process will change you. And you will emerge on the other side different being who God's called you to be. Walking in that call. I mean like more and more and more. It took 
Moses, just a minute when he was 40 years of age and he saw this Egyptian persecuting this Jew and his U-code started to awaken and dominate his actions. And, and it took him just a minute to kill that Egyptian and bury him in the sand. But it took him 40 years to kill the Egyptian on the inside of himself. I mean, it was simple, right? Just boom, he's done. You, 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 you can go free now. The next day, you know, there, there's two Jews fighting. And he, he says, why are you guys fighting? You guys are brothers. And they said, you're going to kill us like you did that Egyptian yesterday? He said, you guys know about that? And they're like, yeah, we know about that. Everybody knows about that. He said, oh, my, if daddy ever finds out about that, I'm dead. And that started his enrollment into the University of Obscurity. But while he was out there, he was having to kill that Egyptian in him. I'm not a prince in Egypt. They taught me wrong. That's not who I am. God's called me for more. This was a discipleship process. It was taking time. I want to tell you, in the meantime, don't quit in the process. Let God work those things out in you. Fourth point, surrender to the process. Here's why. Because it can be humiliating, and you may want to run from it. Your pride may rise up and say, I, I, I was right back then. You have to say, no, I was wrong back then. God's awakening some things in me. Check this out. In Egypt, Moses would have been considered to be a god. He would have. A god. And in Egypt, a shepherd was the lowest position in that society's pecking order. So he went from being a god to a shepherd. Now listen, none of that was real. Of course, that's, that's stupid. Moses was not a god and never would be. And a shepherd was, was only a lowly job based on their contrived social construct. That's not real. But in Moses' mind... He was having to be retrained. His values, his doctrine, his lifestyle. He was having to be transformed out of that cocoon. Uh, Romans 12, 3, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He was having to buy into the truth of what God was trying to show him at the expense of his own preconceived ideas. He was having to walk away from what made his Egyptian father proud and start walk in, walking into what would make his heavenly father proud. You're no longer a prince, he was having to tell himself, a position of the highest order in my adopted society. I, I am not a prince. I am a shepherd. I am, God has me out here for a purpose and for a reason. Listen, I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but, but maybe your earthly father was proud for you to chase a dollar or chase a skirt, or, or maybe it was an education that, that your father wanted you to get. Maybe it was sports, or, or maybe it was to be the life of the party, 
But, but I'm telling you, God has called you to so much more. We're not here just to make our earthly fathers proud. We have a heavenly father who has plans and purposes for us. And, and we have to humble ourselves in the process and say, not my will, but thine be done. And when we humble ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for the anointing of God, for the grace of God to flow through us. In Moses' background, it was a humiliating thing to be a shepherd. But in God's eyes, it was just training for Moses' destiny. Another word for shepherd is pastor. When he quit shepherding the sheep in Midian, he started shepherding the children of Israel out of Egypt. He became a shepherd to people, a pastor to two million Jews for the next 40 years of his life. Can I tell you, he would not have been prepared for that had he not spent the time in Midian. Some of you, you feel like you are spinning your wheels, wasting your time in the process, on the backside of nowhere, in the university of obscurity. Maybe you've made mistakes and you just feel like I'm forgotten out here. You hear what I'm saying. God has not forgotten you. He knows right where you are. He's educating you. You've got to yield to the process. Surrender to the process. Let, let yourself be humiliated. Take that low road. Take that low road. Years ago, when I had run so far from God and was fighting, man, fighting, and there was a spiritual warfare taking place out here where, where, where the enemy was after me and the Lord was after me. And I was in the middle there, just in the, in the balance, man. Like, I, I, was, I was struggling. I was struggling. There came a point where God had gotten my attention in my struggle. And Brian, he, he, he spoke to me uh, in a moment of desperation. I had not heard the voice of God, felt impressions from God for years and years. I didn't believe in that stuff I said anymore. But I had gotten to a place of desperation. And in one moment, laid across uh, my bed there uh, on my lunch break, newlywed. I had just come home and was in a, in a dire strait. I cried out to God. I said, God, I don't know if you're real, but if you are. And I began to talk to him as if perhaps he could hear me. And, and through that, that experience, something just awakened on the inside of me. What was happening was the U-code got activated. And God, it's like he struck me with a bolt of lightning. It was crazy, man. I was stone cold, can't feel God at all. I hadn't for years. And all of a sudden, boom. Presence of God descended in that bedroom and he spoke to me and he said, Listen, he said, Donovan, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Donovan, you've got to let go of the old you. You've got to let me retrain you and reteach you because I have a calling and a destiny on your life. And I thank God that I listened to that word and I wasn't trying to please my old friends. I wasn't trying to please my old peers and those worldly influences. But I said, I don't care if they look at me like I'm crazy. And they did. But I said, I have come to please my heavenly father. Not my will, but yours be done. And it changed my life. And I committed to the process. 
I committed to the process. Check this out. And when you commit to the process, there will be others that God's challenging as well. But everybody's not going to make it through. Some are going to quit. At 80 years of age, when Moses walked into Pharaoh's court, he saw his brother, Ramses. And in the eyes of Egypt, Ramses was a god. His name means son of Ra, son of God. There he was. Moses, in a sense, was looking at a mirror image of himself had he not listened to God all those years ago. This is what I could have been. I felt like the Lord was reminding him, you be merciful on this, your brother. I don't think Moses was arrogant, cocky, mean. I feel like he was merciful, except for the grace of God. There go I. Ramses, listen. Ramses was thought to be a god. That's how Moses had been trained, but he had been retrained. If there's one thing Moses knew from Midian, it was this. There's one God, and I am not that God. Hear, O Israel, he would later say, right? The Lord our God is one. He realized there's an I am. You are not that I am. And he faced Ramses down, and he said, you've got to let, God says, let my people go. Time is a funny thing. Time, really, we look at it like it's working against us. But if we're following after God, even if we're taking baby steps, it's working in our favor. And you get far enough down the road and you see those who rebelled against God and you see what you could have been had you not listened to the voice of God and heeded that intervention. You realize, except for the grace of God, there go I. You start to realize in time you're going to see it in those who refuse to walk after God. Somebody needs to hear me today. Why don't you stand with me right now? Maybe you've committed to the process, trusted in the process. You haven't quit. You've surrendered to the process, and you think the process is just taking a long, long time. You're asking, will I ever get to my calling? I want to go through this reading again. I love this. Exodus 3, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. After 40 years in Midian, Moses saw something he had never seen before. And it was not unusual to see a bush burning because he was in the desert. But it was unusual to see a bush burning that was not being consumed. So his eyes were open to see something that just was a little different. And who knows if God had burned bushes that didn't, that weren't consumed before, but Moses wasn't ready for it. In other words, he was shepherding the sheep. There's a bush burning. It's not being consumed, but Moses doesn't even notice that. Maybe that happened because i tell you why I say that. Because 
it says that after 40 years, verse 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, I'm going to have a conversation with you. Maybe he had done this before, but Moses wasn't ready. But now he was ready. What had happened? The process had done its job, had done its work. He had been re-educated. He was ready. And now the bush is burning, and he turned. There was a turning in Moses' life. And I'm telling you, you've been asking, when's my turn going to come? Some of you, I think today God is, is burning in a bush and you're seeing it for the first time and you're turning to say, oh my, I've never felt this before. I've never seen this before. This is different. This is new. What is this? When the Lord sees the turning, he says, now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your destiny and about your future. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to you, son. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, He spoke to him and commissioned him. This was his graduation day. It was the end of the process. God can get your attention in ways at the end of the process that he couldn't get at the beginning of the process. And maybe today he's talking to you. And he's been talking to you, but today you hear it. Oh, what? Is that you? Oh, I've got a call on your life. You think you were just supposed to do this. You thought this was the end of it. You thought church was all about coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday. But I've got a call on your life. Something more for you than just coming and sitting on a chair. I believe there's a miracle in this house today. It's somebody's turn. This is your turning day. Hallelujah. You've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is your moment. Would you close your eyes with me and bow your heads. Father, I thank you, Lord. You've not wasted any of our experiences. And Father, when when we were needing to get ready, you moved and put us in situations to prepare us and to help us and to get us ready, put us in process. And it takes time. And God, we know Moses, this part of the process was coming to a close, but He would still go for another 40 years in his destiny and still in the process, learning more and more. But God, somebody has come to a turning point in their life today. Their turn has come. What's that I hear? What are you saying to me, Lord? Oh, God, you're not just talking to D.H. You're talking to me. It's like Samuel. Samuel, was that you, Eli? Samuel, was that you, Eli? Eli said, Samuel, next time say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Somebody needs to say that. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Oh, God, I've made mistakes. Yeah, but i got a call on your life. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I've blown it so bad. Yeah, but i got a call on your life. But I messed up the first part of my life. you got the last part of your life. I can do more in the end than what you did to mess it up in the beginning. God's got a destiny in the call. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your call. I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to somebody in this house today in a way that they didn't expect. You've come, God, in holy boldness 
and arrested us. May we say yes. Here's what I want us to do. If you feel any kind of nudge at all, I want you to get up to the front immediately. I mean, come all the way up to the front. And like Eli said to Samuel, I want to tell you. Tell him, speak, Lord. I'm hearing you. I'm listening for the first time. Here I am. This is holy ground up here, church. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.